graduation day for you. No. <laughs> All right, beauty school. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I'm Melissa. Still, oh, I'm Demi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Beauty Beast. Yes, it is the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still paying off those loans. God damn. Oh, I'm not. See, I didn't do full cosmo though. Yeah, I did full cosmetology. Great Lakes just hit me up and was like, hey. <laughs> The masks are gone, which means we're starting payments again. Oh, geez. So stupid. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's a nice reminder. But we're rounding out to uh, almost 10 years since beauty school for, I think, both of us, because we were on the same timeline pretty much, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pretty much. And now we have Allie at the salon who just started beauty school, so. So exciting. I know. And she's doing full Cosmo, yep. too. She's doing full Cosmo. So you did nails, specifically. Right. So specifically how long nails. was that process for you? Nails, time-wise, it was about three months or 240 hours. I believe is what Florida requires. Yeah. I think obviously it varies state to state and like whatever they require, but I think Florida is 240. Okay. What is full Cosmo? Um, Full Cosmo, from what I believe, is 1,200 hours in in Florida. Um, But the program that I took was through Aveda. So they do a 1,600-hour program. Okay. Um, So your last 400 hours after you surpass the 1,200, they call it like the master's program. Uh And so you're kind of like functioning like you're in a salon setting. That's who like they book like, you know, for the salon services with for the most part. Okay. All of that stuff. What was your feelings about beauty school? Um, oh my goodness. I have so many. I mean, obviously, hold on. (coughs) Excuse me. I had a frog in my throat. Um, for obviously those of you who don't know, I was a teacher for 11 years. (laughs) So going to beauty school for me was very much a joke. Yeah. Um, I remember that my instructor, he would literally, because I did nights. So I went like Tuesday through Friday, like Mm -hmm. from six to 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, we were responsible for like reading the chapter and stuff like that before that Tuesday. And then Tuesday was kind of like our quote unquote lecture day. And then the rest of the week would be like practical where we would be practicing whatever technique it was that we were learning. Yeah. So on the lecture days, like I would remember our instructor, he would literally sit there and read from like the teacher's quote unquote manual, like the bullet points yeah, that's like of the torture. chapter. And I'm like, this is this isn't how learning is supposed to go like this is crazy like there was no like education portion to me yeah in nails it was kind of like I'm gonna like summarize the chapter and the section and then here's the test and it was like really like this is this is what I'm learning like the practical stuff he was more like he was better at teaching that like what he knew um but yeah like instruction wise and content and stuff like that it wasn't yeah I mean yeah so uh, Aveda is a tough one like when people ask um, my experience 
Um, there were a lot of incredible educators there. I will definitely say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk in and you're like, oh my god! Like you're they do a really great job of like wowing you on your tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I think there were some things that like the normal beauty school kind of turmoil that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do think like there would be some crossover with drama with like the educators with girls in our class because you're like you you could be the same age as your peers and stuff. Right. Um, so that was like a little different for me. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, it was definitely enjoyable. Like I made some great friends in beauty school. Um, they were like crazy because I had really good attendance I had 120% attendance because I was paying my own way so like you know you want to show up right and um I got like in trouble they told me I was banking hours for participating in too many events what because you would get hours for the events but I wasn't skipping so like it was just there were certain things that I felt in that sense like they could have stepped forward with like a better foot um, and it's sad to me that I think we hear so many people look back on their beauty school experience with kind of like, just thank God it's over. Right. Um, I mean, like, yes, there were so many fun times in between, but it's like, that's what everybody almost pulls by the end of it. Like, they're so done with it. Yeah. Like, my goal was to get in and get out as fast as I could. Right. And it was just, it's crazy to look back on now to see, like, what they taught us, even, like, the techniques, that, like, the practical side, like, that they were teaching us. Mm-hmm. I remember we were learning, like, gel manicures. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, yeah, pop some cotton with acetone on it and wrap it in foil and let it soak for 10 minutes and it'll come right off. And when I went to the very first salon that I worked at, that's what I did because that's what I had been taught, like... I put a cotton-soaked, you know, an acetone-soaked cotton whatever on the nail, and I wrapped it in tinfoil. 10, 15 minutes later, I took it off, and nothing had budged. Yeah. Come to find out, my the salon owner, who was so nice because she could see me stressing like, out. Like, trying I, to figure out what was going on. Yeah. I was like, ah, this is this is fine. Yeah. She came over and she's like, no, you have to take like a file or like the e-file and like scratch up the surface because it won't go through the top coat. And I I just remember like after doing that, I was like, thank you so much. Like no one. Because you never knew. They never taught that in school. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I had no idea. And she's like, that's crazy. Yeah, that was like for me, I think one one of the difficulties that I found with Aveda was they're strictly Aveda. Um, so there was some great benefits because Aveda's color line is pretty tricky to formulate with. Not mm-hmm. tricky, but it's a little more, um, intense formulation wise with what you have to do in comparison to other color lines that already have the tones right. like, pre-added in. Um, so there were benefits in the sense that learning that way, it was easier after to understand other color lines, but we couldn't use anything else. So like we could, we didn't even learn, we're tested in, in the state of Florida on the Miladies theory. Right. Um, and they actually teach their own theory even. So oh it's called God. David Adams. So you're not, so like I'm a very visual learner, like I'm more hands-on. And one of the big difficulties I found was 
like the Miladies was only book work. Like you were yeah. doing all David Adams in between. So anything hands on theory wise was David Adams theory. And then you just have one day of book work for Miladies, which is what you would be tested on. Um, I don't know if I loved that personally, because like I felt like I spent 13 months like I I feel I should have been able to like test and be able to like look back and picture those moments that I was like doing something on somebody's head. Right. Um, so I, I, I didn't love that. And then, of course, like you know, beauty school is a little bit it can be dramatic at times for sure. Like there's always people crying and, you know, walk. Everybody's mad or not. Everybody's <laughs> mad, but there's always some drama like with that. Um, so. Mm, that I don't miss for sure. But no. I do think like it did give me a lot of ability to be ready to go and learn. But beauty school isn't the end. I think you have to get into a salon either during or after and really start to get hands on and assist. You're not done right as you graduate. No, um, not at all. Like I don't think that I truly learned how to do nails until I was in a salon in the industry yeah right like Like, immersed into it right like you would go like I would go to school at nights and it would be like okay today we're gonna work on applying tips to nails right and it was like the latex glove that they poured like flour into yeah it was so cheesy and I was like okay like, I got this. Yeah. And I was like, what are we going to work on next? And they're like, no, this is what we're working on this week. I'm like, right. This like, week? What do you mean this week? Like, we're going to be gluing tips onto this fucking latex glove <laughs> all week? All week? Yeah. Like, how hard is it? Yeah. Um. And, like, the other interesting thing that I found is not a, a, a huge amount of people from our graduating class still do hair and that was a common thing like Bella was saying that from her graduating class and stuff like that um and I think sometimes there's not like the full like getting you ready for the reality of entering into no the industry not at so all. I think a lot of people get discouraged pretty quickly because you're going to get slapped with reality and you feel like you're like swimming without a life vest and you need one or like (laughs) well and I think there's such a disconnect between what they're teaching in school and the actual reality right of the industry yeah and so so, like I look at Allie who's going now and she assists Bella and you know she works with us at the salon in general like sometimes she'll fill in if I need somebody and Bella doesn't need her that day we love Allie um, and she is going to transition to ideally and hopefully being a stylist with us, but I see her, she's already got so much more insight heading into it being that she's worked in a salon already. Right. So I, that when people would reach out and ask, like when they were thinking of going to hair school, um, and they ask me anything, I say over and over again, try to get into a salon during the time you're in hair school because you're you're learning simultaneously, right? Like you're doing what you need to do to get tested at the end, get your hours. But then at the same time, you're in a salon learning 
hands-on stuff more in the industry as you're kind of doing both I think you you come out a little more well-rounded and ready and maybe you wouldn't be as discouraged is what I'd say right and I think that there's definitely in like the hair world I mean I can't speak to like massage or lashes Mm because I don't know anything about that But definitely in the hair world, I feel that there is more room for that. Like in a nail salon only, what are you going to do? It's tough. You're either a receptionist or you're doing nails. And that's tricky. And there are no assistants or anything like that. And especially because when I went to school, it was specifically that nails was going to be my summer job or my part-time job or a side hustle or whatever. So I never thought to even really pursue like looking at a salon because it never started out as this is going to be my career yeah this is my side hustle so really my only experience in the beauty industry was getting my nails and toes and hair done yeah like that was it like I was on the client side and it was like oh well this seems easy I'll go and do that and it just, like, I feel like I was more hit in the face with it. Like, yeah. when I finished school and got my first job, it was like, whoa. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I graduated, and then I took some time. I was, like, doing weddings here and there and stuff like that. And then I was mm-hmm. serving. Like, that's how I put myself through school. So, um I then, like, right after, like, I turned 21, I was like, okay, like, I got to – I got to get a job in the industry. So then that's how I started at the first salon that I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other complaint that I think from my experience with beauty school is I really don't think they equip you at all for anything else but just training you hair-wise or cosmetology-wise. Um, I mean, why are we not? And I don't know. Maybe this conversation happens now. But I know we weren't really talked to about um, employment yeah situation not at all um I think 1090 1099 understanding the difference between that and a w-2 what makes you entitled to either one um or the conversation of non-competes like why isn't that a conversation that happens in beauty school um I I don't know if it's changing I'm interested to hear from Allie it doesn't sound like it's changed but I find it interesting that like with all of this time that you have right you why is there not an aspect of that? Right. And I know because at one point in my nail career, which it's still a goal, but that goal has kind of shifted. My dream was always to combine teaching and nails. Right. Yeah. Um, and at one time, I really wanted to be like a nail instructor in a mm-hmm. beauty school. But to be honest, like looking into those positions and the pay is first not... of all, they pay shit. It's right. like maybe 20 bucks an hour. Right. Which isn't that much. Um, Like you definitely can't support yourself if you're teaching like night classes. So is this like us like talking that we should maybe open a beauty school next? There's so much that goes into that. Just kidding. Like all of the accrediting. I've I've looked at it. Yeah. I am so like passionate about it. But I mean, and I get that you have to follow certain curriculums. Mm -hmm. But just like when I was a teacher, the textbook writers, because we also use the Milady for nails. Yeah. Um. Like, they're trying to sell you a textbook. 
And the test or whatever, you know, I think it's different for hair because you guys have state boards. Yeah. Like nails, we didn't have state boards when I went. Oh. Um, it was just, you know, it was a test based on, you know, whatever's in the textbook that the textbook writers fucking wrote. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a standardized test. And like that change really needs to come from like individual states mm-hmm. because they're not requiring that you know new people get taught anything about business but like the schools should have that as like a component instead of just teaching the technical stuff like for example there was a chapter i swear to god i'm gonna have to find my old textbook if i still have it and we'll have to post it on our instagram because there was an entire chapter in the in the milady nail school book about how to plug in a plug. What? Yes. Pause for dramatic effect. What? Yes. How to plug a cord into a socket. And yeah. like the different, you know, like DC versus AC. I never knew what that meant before I went to fucking beauty school. Yeah. Ask me if I know what that fucking means now after reading the dumbest chapter in that textbook. Like, why is that in there? Yeah. I would rather you say... Let's take this chapter out and teach these men and women how to start a business. Mm-hmm. What is a non-compete? What is a W-2? How yeah. do you, how should you file your fucking taxes? Yeah. And I think that that's like but, one oh. thing that like, I don't know why it's not really brought to like the top of the priority list. Cause you're not just training a stylist. You're, you're ideally training them to be able to branch out on their own, um, and be a business owner if you, they want to be right. Or even if you don't want to be understanding your rights in a salon, like, so that's one of the biggest gray areas. Uh, I mean, I, we can only reference Florida, but Oh, don't even get me started I know. on the we... 1099 versus W-2 because yeah. your girl we is going to get on the soapbox. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of um, what I learned came from, you know, my experience with my lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, and learning my rights that I didn't even know I had. Like up oh, until yeah. the time that I went in and... Um, originally like I was you know in response because I was the one that had I guess broken our contract terms um so I sought out my attorney and you know he was drawing up a response and like everything when I brought like my situation to him that I thought was going to be like the validity of like our my argument um he like practically laughed at me and the things he started pointing out, I never knew. And I think it's so heartbreaking because to be honest, I don't even think a lot of salon owners know, No, uh, which is another reason we run our salon the way we do. Um, and the big reason we run the salon the way we do is because we run it legally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so even just understanding your rights there, like I, I think that's a big thing that we aren't taught at all and and it's it's kind of disheartening to think about that because you're seeing I think an involvement in our industry in general mm-hmm. um but and thank god we have social media for people to connect and follow right. you know even what we're talking about right now listening to the podcast um to learn additional things yeah for but, sure 
Um, why is it that that type of education needs to be outsourced and they have to find it themselves while they're in school? I look at myself, 19 and 20 year old me, and I didn't know anything. I literally signed my non-compete and then went out and got drinks to celebrate Right. Signing my non-compete because in my mind, I had just done what hair school taught me to do. Find a salon that you settle into that works out well for you. Work your way up and start building. That's all they tell you. Right. And especially since there's such a huge shift in our industry. Like I see a lot of people on social media finish beauty school because let's not limit it to just hair and nails, but they go from school into a suite right what is school done to prepare you for that like business ownership right to even open a business and legally start a business because it's not just i'm going to sign a lease for a suite and it's going to be released to melissa no it's leased to my business right like my i don't own that you know and there's such a big difference in that even when just starting a business yourself like I've been asked several times, like, you know, what do you suggest if I want to start or go out on my own or start a business? I'm like, get an accountant, Mm -hmm. get a fucking accountant and get a good one. Exactly. Don't worry about how much they're going to charge you because yeah, like don't, that's one of the things that you just don't nickel and dime in my opinion, because I don't know tax law. Yeah. That's what I pay my accountant for. And like, I know my accountant she walked me through pretty much everything I needed to do to like set up the business. Like she filed all the paperwork, got my EIN number, told me to do like what I needed to do. And that was it. Like I didn't even know when I started a business that I needed the EIN number of my business before you go and open a business checking account. Yeah. She told me that she's like, no, we have to do all of this. And I'm like, Oh, You mean I can't just go open the check? She's like, no, they're going to ask you for this, Melissa. And so like, and it makes me like, it kind of fires me up in a way when I think and I reflect back on hair school, right? So like they, I will say like Aveda really pushes you to stay Aveda. Like they only bring in like Aveda salons and blah, blah, blah. Like when it's time to like, you know, outsource and look. And again, I'm referencing my experience 10 years ago. Right, of course. So if it's evolved and changed, I don't know that because I haven't been back. Um, But all the time you'd hear like, oh, you can make six figures in this industry. Like that's like the claim to fame, right? Like Mm -hmm. they, I don't know how many times you hear six figures throughout school, right? While also charging your worth. Yes. (laughs) And charge your worth and six figures and this and that, right? So like now they're like taking these key things and they're saying it and they're filling your head. Okay, so how the fuck am I going to know anything about the six figures you're claiming I can potentially make Mm -hmm. if you don't equip me at all with any financial knowledge to that? Right, because why is it the expectation that we should just know that? I think that in normal like college settings, like a lot of them take classes, not for like financing on their own, but just to further understand. Right. When you in college, like when you select your major, like pretty much the first two years are bullshit, like requirement classes. Yeah. Yeah. But then those last two years, you're really fine tuning and honing in onto your major. So I don't understand like why this is not what we're doing in beauty school. Like beauty, the beauty industry is more than 
just doing hair or nails, right. massage, whatever. Right. There's so much more. Like, what if my goal is to own my own brand? Right. You know, like, not saying that beauty school should teach you that, but, you know, maybe... I don't know, show different avenues that you could go with in the industry. I think it could equip you with the foundation. I think that there should be more open communication of what it looks like post-beauty school, right? Right. Their goal is to get you ready to be in the industry. But how many versions of in the industry exist? Especially now. And I look at like now being a little more seasoned in the industry, I look at my educators totally differently than when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that you could just tell were doing it because they really cared about giving us that right. knowledge. The ones that were going above and beyond and, and giving us such guidance and such advice and, and out of the curriculum that they were right. set to, like just really they cared. Um, and I will say there was a good handful. Now there were also another good handful that kind of, it almost felt like they took the job just to have that steady right. income a where it was just like yeah. just to punch the clock. And, and that's unfortunate, too, because you're like, well, shit, you know, I think the other thing is when and this is where it gets tricky with the pay of, of the educators. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you bring in somebody shady um, or if you bring in somebody that's just doing it for the paycheck, they're not going to teach you with passion of what the right direction is they're doing it for the paycheck and I look at certain moments of of educating you know like meaning of my connection with certain teachers and I can reference certain points that I was like why is why is that person even doing that like an educator like it it's actually sad because there's no effort being made and then I look at other ones who taught me so much Right. Like, I think if we held people to a higher standard, but then that's the same argument that I have for teachers, normal right. teachers. Yeah. Like, it's such an important role. Any type of educator is such an asset and an important role in anything you're learning, but we don't respect them enough to kind of compensate them the way they should. So if you're not compensated the way you are, you, you deserve to be. You're going to get maybe a few more bad eggs thrown right. into the mix. Right. If I'm only making 20 bucks an hour, this is a supplement to whatever my client base is. Exactly. Um, especially, you know, if school, if I'm teaching part time at beauty school from 6 to 10 p.m. at night, well, that's six o'clock time. Like, that's like me personally, that's a, in high demand appointment time. Like I'm not giving up that, like yeah. my clients hell for that. So it needs to be worth my while. So like my instructor, um, he only did plain manicures and pedicures, mostly on men. So no polish, no gel. He didn't do acrylics and yet you're teaching it. Like, yeah. that's my problem. How? And he was a good instructor. He was the nicest guy. I adored him, whatever. But how are you going to teach me to do something when essentially when you're done teaching it, we're on equal ground now? Because it's not like you do yeah. this day in and day out. Yeah. That would be like me teaching somebody today how to do a full set. It would be shitty. Like, I can tell you... that's not your... Right. I can teach you the theory behind an acrylic full set, but I suck at it, so there's 
millions of people out there better than me at it. Yeah. But you want a structured gel overlay? I'll teach the shit out of that because that's what I do all day long. Yeah. And, and you know. And that's that's another tricky part of it, too. I I'll, And then my other thing, we all know that this is going to. This is going to be kind of like our last episode when I got all fired up about the text reminders. Um, so um, one of my biggest frustrations, and we're seeing it happen right now, is schools not protecting their students from shady educators. Yeah. Um, this is one of my biggest gripes, and I have a really big fucking problem with it. Right. Especially knowing what our business model is here. Yeah. I am so big on the protection of each and every individual, their rights, you know, in this industry and not being preyed on or taken advantage of. Um, that is what mm-hmm. Julian and I came together, and, and that's really our passion. Right. After we experienced what we did and learned from it, and we said we want to step forward. And so I think one of the scariest things is sometimes these educators, not all of them, and I'm not trying to bash, but I think this comes to the school section. Right. And hopefully One Beauty School will get a hold of this episode, and they'll they'll be watching a little more. Maybe we should send it to them. Right? All of them. <laughs> like a little cassette tape. Like, I don't think people have cassette players anymore, but like something like anonymous like that. Uh, we passed someone in New York while we were on like our vacation. He was handing out demo CDs. That is I, cool. I Evan, love it. Evan and I looked at each other and we're like, do people still have CD players? Yeah. Like, hopefully. <laughs> like, um, just airdrop it to me. Right? Anyways. Damn. Um, but there is... A pattern that I have seen that there is some educators that come in without the best interest for students and they look at it as an opportunity or they're opportunistic themselves to prey on these naive students who have yet to experience the Mm -hmm. industry. And I think that a big thing, which is great, you tend to almost worship your educators while you're in school in a way because they're giving you guidance. Um, And I think that's also very dependent on your age, like too, like, but when you're talking about being younger and fresher and like maybe more trusting and not burned by the world yet. Well, and also considering that you only need a high school diploma. Right. So you could be graduating at 18 from high school and then going straight into beauty school. Right. And so, you know what? I mean, I'm going to reference the exact situation. Um, and before they even finished telling me the story, I already knew where it was going. This individual was an educator at a, a beauty school, um, fed this idea to a bunch of, uh, of his students about opening a salon, um, promising certain things, you know, about it. And it is such a common thing that happens. And that... I'm going to call him a motherfucker because that motherfucker preyed on their naiveness and their excited, you know, energy to get into the salon and was practicing so illegally. His salon, everything about it was illegal. And these poor, 
you know, I don't want to say poor, like I'm not trying to insult them. They didn't know better. This was their first salon experience. So their first salon experience, if you could see Melissa watching me pound like the table because their first salon experience they thought was normal to be paid via Zellin Venmo. And not have a proper 1099, not have a proper W-2, which don't, that's a whole nother episode that we have to talk about, like the rights and wrongs of that. Which, side note, you can also report that to the IRS and they will audit (laughs) and investigate. FYI. What (laughs) riddles me the most about this story is it's not selective and it's not just this one story, right? No, it's it's not. such a common thing that these shady people do and they do it on on purpose because they pull in people who are hungry and excited to work in the industry. They monetize off of it until they get smart enough to leave. Yeah. And you know what? He was thankfully so greedy that he tried to present a contract. Mm hmm. Um, which was exponentially even more aggressive than my non-compete. And thankfully, um, given the education that I think our industry has put forth ourselves on social media today, a lot of their ears perked up and said, wait a minute, this isn't normal. And a lot left and didn't sign it, which is amazing that that gives me hope. Hearing that part of the story makes me realize like it's happening. People are starting to see people are starting to learn. But I think what I get back to with it being focusing on beauty school, where's the protection for the students? I think that if that is happening, that is the biggest risk like it infuriates me where are you where is the director to know that that's happening that is not in the best interest of the student you're being preyed on absolutely and for that beauty school to not step in if they didn't we can only assume yeah, that we, they didn't we can only because assume. you know whatever so let's just work on the assumption that they didn't for them to not step in and to do something if that person is still working there is completely unacceptable yeah it's and unethical i don't know if there's still you know an educator there or not but who knows at one point that person was and that's enough for me that person was and then those people that were a part of the class that they were running were then transitioned into a uh shitty situation yeah end of story yeah like and I don't like beauty school does nothing to ex- to do that. Like they will. I know when I was there, when you were done with school, they would have job postings right. and things of that nature. And for hair, there was boards, boards upon boards upon boards for hair positions and a hair salon and all of that. Nails, one or two. So I had to go and like look for salons right like you know and it's it was very difficult and very frustrating I remember me and a friend at the time we ended up pretty much applying to the same salons and that was you know the former the last salon owner I worked with and you know it was like oh this person just came here the day before and they had a portfolio that looked just like yours. And I'm like, yeah, cause we went shopping together to make our portfolios. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know what to tell you. And then even when we got into there, it was like, 
you know, beauty school was like, oh, just take as long as you need, however much time you need to do a full set. So, you know, and that was like our practical. So an acrylic full set took me like, I would say on the quick side, like an hour and a half. When I worked at my first salon, she was like, I need you to get this to 45 minutes. And I was like a deer in headlights. I'm like, what? 45 minutes. Like I could never, it's going to take me forever. And I think that for sure, like even comparing our, our experiences, I think there is a huge lack of education on your side of the industry. Like I don't, not as much respect even like, just as far as like the opportunity for apprenticeship like there isn't really that same existence like you have to really push for that furthering education for yourself a lot more well and even when you look at the difference in hours being that hair is 1200 hours and nails is 240 like that's a thousand hour difference pretty much like what the fuck like it's ridiculous so i mean To me, beauty school was like a joke. Um, Nail art, we had to complete nail art as part of our practical. And when I was like, okay, well, I am not a naturally artistic person. Um, I cannot draw. I can color. Yeah. But that's about it. So I was like, okay, well, can I have some like tips and tricks and everything like that? My instructor looked at me and he's like, nail art comes from within. What, what, what is it what is what does that mean it comes from within like what brush do what brush should I do like there's different like within what uh, in me yeah like, <laughs> I was like what do you mean like you're not gonna teach us anything like yeah. I'm seeing all of the because it was like when Instagram was super new mm-hmm. I'm like I see all of these other people and they're doing like character like we're not gonna yeah. learn how to paint this and he's like it comes from within you. What? Yeah, I think it like now I I see I see the involvement of the students coming out. I mean, and the work they're they're providing coming out of hair school it's it's impressive. Right. I I will say that I, from my side. I I don't know if you see that same thing yeah. from from your perspective too with with your side of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um and. I really have to say I think it's because of social media and I think it's because they're able to kind of further their education in between by creating the connections, which is uh, that's a good thing. Right. But so where do we make it better starting at hair school itself, like or at beauty school itself at, you know, for nails, whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth there. And I think that if you're going to continue, like, for instance, I'm very transparent. I spent twenty thousand dollars, you know, on on my hair school. um, And that was 10 years ago. So what does that number look like now? Yeah, I know the number keeps going up because I've heard people tell me. So what are you providing is my question. Right. Outside, like, like what I think that for whatever, let's say it's 25,000 now, I, I believe there needs to be more structure than there is. Um, I think that there, there, Aveda has structure in front of them, Mm -hmm. but there's still a need for more. Right. I mean, just because it's fancy and you walk in and scan your hand, like that's not, 
Right. I don't I don't care about a, a pass in to scan my hand. But I think my biggest thing and my biggest takeaway now being in the industry and looking at it is more of the furthering education as far as like financially is, you know, and equipping people to be potentially a business owner. Or even if you're not, you need to just understand what you mean as an employee in this industry you're heading into. Right. What is that? What 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 tax <laughs> not bracket but what well like the definition of of an employee versus a 1099 contractor and that is that is one of the scariest gray areas that like my eyes like I said before were open to once I went through my experience but I think that why are we needing to go through our experience to learn that I don't think that that's right or fair I think that that you don't have to go above and beyond but just teach the basics right and you know just to be clear, there is no gray area in the IRS's eyes no. between employee versus 1099. Which is kind of mind blowing to me because we're really one of the um, kind of like last industries that this strange gray area exists. We are one of the only industries. Yeah. Never in. If you go to Target and get a fucking job right. as a cashier, right. they're not going to give you an I-9 to fill out and tell you you're an an independent contractor. Absolutely not. That's never going to happen. I know. And like, and that's the other thing, like (laughs) even, I mean, we should probably, we need to save all of that for our non-compete and our episode that we're going to talk about that. But now my passion is going through But I think, and it's the same thing that I feel with the protection of students. Like it's the same thing with that. That is a huge problem I have um, just hearing that it happened recently because of, mm-hmm. you know, we were aware of the situation. Right. Um, and I was already, I knew before we had connected with one of our new stylists and, and she was very, I mean, it wasn't, she was just honest and open. Right. Right. And what I think breaks my heart um, in this instance, and I'm going to say it all because I always say it all um, as far as this stuff is concerned is I've not only gotten a front row seat now because I'm not involved, but mm-hmm. I I did. We have taken right. on one of his past stylists. Right. And she is killing it, building on her own. Right. Um, I have seen the messages. I have seen the manipulation and the amount of. Like, it, it breaks my heart, and aside from breaks my heart, it fucking rattles me to know that he had the ability to educate and to take advantage the way he did. I mean, I'm talking to the point that this person showed up at our salon oh, yeah. looking yeah. for one of his past employees that yep. was never an employee because you can't have an employee that you're selling and Venmoing. But the, again, another right. conversation for another day. But you're talking about a past educator, somebody that the school vetted. And don't get me wrong. I get things happen, right? But you're talking about somebody that you vetted, you interviewed, and you th- the ability to be comfortable enough to track down these girls after they've left working for you and are spreading their wings on their own. Because from what I've heard, it's not the only one that he was trying to track down. Right. Now, let me make something clear. It doesn't scare me to have somebody pop up at our salon because I think if anybody knows anything about <laughs> Julian and I is our biggest thing is the protection of you guys. Like just in general, not like 
I'm not saying it like we're psychotic, but meaning like protection when it comes to working, your rights and like right, what you're entitled to. So like, thankfully, maybe ish, you know, first off when he made his appearance here, it was just me. It was just you and just your client. Me. Right. Um, <laughs> Because I don't know, because it fires me up so much, I don't know how calm I could have been, because I think it comes right back to that. Where is the protection for students in school? It's not just about posting on a bulletin board. What are you doing about the shady people within your spot? Right. Why is that not a bigger thing? Well, and you know... I mean, we all know what salons are shady and what salons are not shady in our area, whether yeah. it's you and I or someone else who's listening. You know the shady salons because you've always you've heard the rumors, right? And you've heard the stories. But I think when you're wide-eyed and excited to jump in, you don't see the warning signs. No, you don't. Like, so I, to think that those warning signs could be inside of a school while you're learning? Right, oh my gosh, like, that's even crazier to me to think that that is a reality. And it's not the first time I've heard this story. This is just the closest to home it's ever hit for us, right? right. But what what is it about it? Is that hard? Because let me tell you something. Like if I was the director of a school and I caught fucking wind of it for two seconds, you should know as the director of a school what is a genuine, you know, educator that sees potential in somebody and wants to help them and navigate them and work together post school. And you know that and you know the difference between an opportunistic asshole. Right. And if you don't, and if you don't see those warning signs, then you shouldn't be the director of a school because your responsibility at the end of the day is to make sure that these people are equipped to be able to be learning, to be learning safely, and to equip them to be able to step out and not get taken advantage of. Why is it that we don't do that? Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what the vetting process is, like... If you were looking for a new stylist and you and Julian were to say, like, l maybe let's advertise that we have a chair for rent right. at a school because we want to help somebody grow. Like, what is that vetting process? You know, right. that's what I don't know. Um, so I don't think that, you know, we should clearly speak on that because we're not no. sure. We're, but <laughs> we're fired it, up and we're <laughs> right. We're but, just deciding that it's just a mess. Right, that they're all assholes. Right. <laughs> but if there is a vetting process, then maybe a school has learned or taken that information and now they have a vetting process. Yeah. I don't think that that was the case 10 years ago now when I was in school. Like, yeah. I can probably honestly say that. Um, but just like the discrepancy between the different programs, like I know when I was in school, it was all about hair and it was all about massage. Yeah. Like, cause those were their booming big industries. ticket. Well, yeah. not even booming. Those were their big ticket tuitions. Right. That's where the school made the most they money. Made, so they prioritized So that. they would prioritize that. So when I walked in there and I was like, I want to do the nail program, they were trying to sell me, like, why don't you do full Cosmo? Like, it's only this much and this many hours. And I'm like, I have a full-time job. I'm a teacher. This will become my side hustle. So I really just want to do nails. They're like, well, why don't you do nails and skin? 
like I, why is this a business right like, why is it that i can't walk in and tell you i'm passionate about something and you just sign me up you, for that like this isn't a car dealership right because they wanted that more right. money they probably made money if like you applied for financial aid because like the right. mail program when i did it was fifteen hundred dollars yeah like i wrote a check you right know? <laughs> i mean whatever it wasn't that expensive so and i was like I don't want to do skin. Meanwhile, in my head, I was like, the first time somebody comes in and asks me to wax their vagina, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? For real. Not happening. Yeah. But I'm like, this is just what I want to do. Like, I want to be done with it. And But why isn't it boosted up to feel like that's enough? Right. Like, so, why are we, like you said, why is there some discrepancy between the two in this industry? Right. Like, so to me, nails and skin was almost like an afterthought. Like, oh, we'll have them, you know, as like kind of like their side hustle. almost yeah. Because the nail program wasn't that expensive. I think the last time I had spoken to somebody that went through nail school at the same school that I went to, it was maybe up to like twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. Nothing crazy expensive, but it was just, I don't know. And there was just no emphasis. Like, yeah, there were nights when my teacher would be sick and somebody would be like, oh, he's not coming in. Just so just do your hours. Just your minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. there was no rhyme or reason. You know, it was just it was crazy. And like. That's just like the technical side. I mean, I didn't learn much on the technical side in school. And definitely, I just learned enough to pass the test. Yeah. I think that what's most important is like we're not trying to discourage people to get into the industry. No. That's the polar opposite of what we're trying to say. I think that maybe what our feedback is is... Be prepared. Be prepared. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be excited for your first day of beauty school. You should be excited. You should be all Mm -hmm. about it. But I think that um, know that there's probably some stuff that we can set you up with more success if you maybe kind of like I think Allie's a really great example that she's on the right track right Right. so she's going to school full-time and of course because now she's in school full-time she is serving you know while she's working Mm -hmm. through and then she's still working with us on Saturdays right between Bella or I Bella's away this weekend so she's working with me and um so she's getting real life while she's at school. Right. And I think that if there's one takeaway, and I said it at the beginning and I'll say it again now, that's exactly what you need. Right. A great, safe place um, to go to to learn as you're learning what you need to with your hours. The other thing, too, is like I, we were saying before, social media. Look at the amount that you can build. Like you could build a whole Instagram just for hair, right? Or just for nails and then follow people that are going to give you great info. Follow people that are going to give you the insight of the industry to talk about the things that maybe aren't talked about in school. And that's going to help further your education for free. Um, I beauty school isn't a bad thing because it's what you got to do to get to where you need to be to be in this industry you just need that license at the end of the day exactly so I say the same thing I said it to Allie when the girls were in and they were like kind of laughing about like beauty school how much it sucked whatever I always say the same thing you got to just look at it like first off don't look at it like it's gonna suck try to look at it like it's gonna be good but um look at it as what you got to do just to get to where you need to be exactly And you'll 
See, I think that working in a setting that is similar to what you want in the end while you're going to school is such a great motivation for you to visualize what you want in the long run. Yeah. Like for me, I ended up um, before I actually like was really panicked. I went one of the educators like reached out to me. She was really, really nice. And she was like, hey, like my salon that I work at the days that I'm not teaching, like is looking for a few shampoo assistants. So she recommended me and another girl to like go in for interviews. So I got the job and I was driving a pretty far distance and um, I hated it. I hated it. And I was like, oh, my God, because I loved school. Like, even though I say all of this stuff now, I loved school. Like, I loved that I was working towards what I wanted. I loved being there because I wanted I wanted that at the end. So when I got into this salon, it wasn't that they were doing anything horrible. Like, I've had far more horrible salon experiences. I just feel like didn't fit like. And when you don't fit, you just don't fit sometimes. Yeah, you know right away. And so I panicked. Like, I remember I called my dad in the car crying. Like, I don't know what I did. Like, maybe this isn't the right fit for me in this industry and, like, all of this stuff. Um, And then I found other places that I was meant to be. So don't get discouraged. Sometimes you might get into a salon that's not a good fit first, and then in the long run you find another one. Um, Beauty school has a place. It needs to happen. I think that everything we talked about is the evolvement we'd like to see. Of course. And um, I think, like, I know I follow a lot of, like, nail techs in Utah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, like, their cosmetology requirements are, but I know, like, for nails, they yeah. have an apprenticeship program. Right. And that is that's it you do your apprenticeship and then you do your boards at the end and then you are licensed like I think that that I wish that that's something that Florida would that would offer be awesome because nails was just such an afterthought like mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely room to grow I wish that there was more because every state has different requirements It's so different. No, it's the same. I mean, it's different for nails, but it's the same thing with hair. I mean, we're talking about difference in hours. Like, well, yeah, I could have to do a practical, um, you know, for instance, like Georgia. Like so in Florida, we test and it's both written. Like even though they're one half of our test is labeled practical, Mm -hmm. it's not a practical. It's a written multiple choice, you know, like test that you take at a testing center. I think you can take it online now because of COVID. Right. Um. So up in Georgia, because like our friends moved up there that we own the cabin with, she called me like panic. She's like, they won't grandfather my license in and they want me to do a full practical, like a perm set, an acrylic nail set. Now, here's an example of something I didn't learn. I have a cosmetology, you know, um, license. And that was what I went to school at Aveda and got my hours for. But Aveda doesn't teach you any no, it's any just acrylic. Regular. You only do do you only do paint like, like actual polish, nail yeah. polish. That's it. You do not do anything else. So here's another example. Like I'd be pretty raging pissed if for me I choose to get licensed in another state. I went to school for sixteen hundred hours and I wasn't even taught what I could potentially be tested for. Right. Because it doesn't align with their aesthetic. 
I'm not here just for your aesthetic. I'm here to pass the test. Like, that's a little crazy to me. I'm practicing cosmetology for 10 years licensed in Florida or nine years licensed in Florida. But if I move away and I need to test someplace else, I can't do an acrylic set. I can teach you the shitty basics. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the (laughs) shitty basics. I just think that's another thing I'd point out that like. Right. So there needs to be something across like the the board. board. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it it should be state per state. I think that it should be a licensing on a same page everywhere. I think level. so too. I mean, and then if just... there's different things that each state wants to tack on, cool. Right. But I don't think there should be discrepancy because I think that that's dangerous. You're yeah. talking about chemicals, both with hair and nails. Yeah. If you're not, you know, fully. Well, and then that's what each state has a board for their board of whatever to make sure that everything is done properly. Yeah. I think the only thing that beauty school gets right, in my opinion, education-wise, is cleaning and sanitation. Yes. I mean, cleaning and sanitation, you'll take 18 million tests on it. Yes. yes, for sure. We cover that. Like, we cover in depth. that. Like, that's why, like, post-pandemic, like, I've been doing that shit for years. Yeah. You know, like, I think that is done correctly. I think everything else, not so much. Needs some work. Needs some work. But like we said... This doesn't mean you should be discouraged. No. You should go. Get your, you got to do it to get to the other side of it. Of course. And just add in education that aligns with your wants in the long run. So okay. don't waste your time, your free time, yes. not being useful. Take the ability, like I said, to have the tools right in front of you, you know, to further your education on your own. Cause I think that's what we're both pulling from our experience and yeah. saying like you need to further your own education um i i hope that even this podcast helps you know yeah. further some people's education on topics that they never thought about um yep. just wait for our tax episode <laughs> <laughs> but i think yeah i mean yeah definitely and we can I know that we have, like, our next episode is planned for continuing education. Yeah. ways to find it, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, so. We'll chat about it more. Yeah. And as always, you can reach out to us on Instagram at the Beauty Beast Podcast. Or email us over at thebeautybeastpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So until next time. Yes. Go read that chapter on how to plug a cord into an outlet. Let's pray they'll be able to figure it out. I gotta find that book. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.